is going on? Happy Wednesday. Pete Callender here, News Talk 1110 99.3 WBT. And uh, the phone numbers are 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Back on January 8th, Nancy Pelosi announced that she had spoken with General Mark Milley about limiting President Trump's ability to launch nuclear weapons. And here was how NPR, the taxpayer-supported radio network, here's how they reported it at the time. Quote, in a letter to her Democratic House colleagues on Friday, Pelosi said that she had spoken with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, about, quote, available precautions for preventing an unstable president from initiating military hostilities or accessing the launch codes or ordering a nuclear strike. Pelosi later told her caucus that she had received assurances that there were safeguards in place, according to a source on the call. It is unclear what those safeguards might be. Okay, well now in the new book called Peril by Bob Woodward, and Robert Costa, the actual conversation that took place uh, has been now documented, which is Woodward and Costa exclusively obtained a transcript of the call during which Milley tried to reassure Pelosi that the nuclear weapons were safe, and Pelosi pushed back, saying, quote, what I'm saying to you is that if they couldn't even stop him from an assault on the Capitol... Who even knows what else he may do? And is there anybody in charge at the White House who was doing anything but kissing his fat butt all over this? Pelosi then said, quote, you know he's crazy. He's been crazy for a long time. And then according to Woodward and Costa, Milley responded, quote, Madam Speaker, I agree with you on everything. (laughs) On everything. Oh, yes, everything, everything. This is John Sexton writing at HotAir.com saying that it was apparently after this phone call that Milley held a secret meeting at the Pentagon where he asked senior military officers to take an oath that no matter what Trump said, no military action could be taken without his involvement, Milley's involvement. He literally went around the room to make sure every person agreed and they looked in my eyes. That's actually not how the system works, though. This is the problem. As the NPR story pointed out, quote, Under current rules, Trump is the only person in the government who can order a nuclear strike. Quote, The president has sole authority, sole launch authority, and he does not have to check that with anyone, according to Elaine Scary. Or Scary? Scary, I think is how they... It's two R's, but it's... I think it's scary. I mean, that's how you pronounce it. Not that her name is scary, although... Her name is Scary. Anyway, Elaine Scary, a professor at Harvard University and the author of Thermonuclear Monarchy, which is a book about launch authority, which I have not read. Full disclosure, I have not read literally the book on launch authority. But according to this expert who literally wrote the book on it, she says the president has sole launch authority and he doesn't have to check with anybody. And so it seems pretty accurate to say that General Milley overstepped his bounds and quite literally took on aspects of the president's authority as commander-in-chief that nobody elected him to take on. I'm sure it's but a trifling. Uh, Is General Milley, this is what John Sexton asks, is General Milley allowed to 
have high-level conversations without informing the president. This is the, the second component here is about China. I'll get to that in a minute. But is he allowed to have conversations with China, assuring the Chinese that don't worry, we're going to stop him. Don't you worry, we're not going to go to war. And by the way, if he tries to do anything against you guys, I will totally give you a heads up. Like, that sounds, I don't know, wrong, right? Doesn't that sound kind of wrong? Like, why would you tell? Because, I mean, you can think about it in some sort of scripted kind of Hollywood-esque uh, movie. You would you might end up with some coincidental event. Like, if Millie just told him, hey, don't worry, we'll let you know if we're going to attack you or not, maybe China turns around and invades Taiwan, right? Why not? And then... Millie told you he was going to do you a solid and let you know. So would Millie have to tell them then or break his word? Or then the Chinese say, hey, you told us you were going to let us know. And then Millie's like, wait, uh, well, I didn't mean it like that. That's compromising material, don't you think? Or compromat? Isn't that what it's called in the in the Russian parlance? Isn't that what that is? Did he not just open himself up to be blackmailed? John Sexton says, I'm just recalling that the FBI went after General Flynn for a phone call with the Russian ambassador. The claim was that Flynn may have violated the Logan Act. Yeah, I am so sick of the Logan Act. Hearing, just hearing about it, just gives me hives. I hate it. Hate the Logan Act. Everybody talks about it when it's some other guy uh, on the other party that doesn't like that uh, They don't like what this person did or who they talked to or whatever. Meanwhile, everybody is violating this Logan Act, which has never actually been enforced. So uh, the Logan Act, they went after General Flynn for this by carrying out, they accused him of violating it by carrying out his own foreign policy. Granted, the Logan Act has never actually been enforced, but uh, does the same scrutiny apply here? It should, should it not? Where's the FBI going to talk to General Milley and ask him, hey, what's up with this phone conversation? One call took place October 30th, 2020, four days before the election where Trump lost. And the other occurred January 8th, two days after the riot at the Capitol. And here's what Milley said, quote, General Lee, I want to assure you that the American government is stable and everything is going to be okay. All is well. All is well. We are not going to attack or conduct any kinetic operations against you. And in the book's account, Milley went so far as to pledge that he would alert his counterpart in the event of a U.S. attack. This is from the Washington Post story. He stressed the rapport that they had established through a back channel. Quote, General Lee, you and... Wait a minute. I thought General Lee got canceled. What's up? How is this possible? I thought he was bad. We're not allowed to. I mean, it's a different spelling, so maybe. Okay, it could be a different person. General Lee, you and I have known each other now for five years. If we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise. Well, good to know. News Talk 1110 WBT. Pete Callender here, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. New book by Bob Woodward and Robert Costa called Peril. And uh, the Washington Post did a big write-up on it today, story by Isaac Stanley Becker. 
Headline, top general was so fearful Trump might spark war that he made secret calls to his Chinese counterpart. And uh, this is uh, General Mark Milley, the Joint Chiefs. And he made two phone calls, one on October 30th, four days before the election, another one two days after the January 6th riot. And he pledged... In the um, in the first call to the Chinese General Lee, that uh, he says, "I have known you. Uh, we have known each other for five years. If we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. It's not going to be a surprise. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're not going to attack you or conduct any kind of kinetic operations against you because everyone was so worried that Donald Trump was going to what nuke." China or something four days before the election. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm old enough to remember the election and I don't remember any kind of indication that like there was going to be an attack on China. In the he, he in fact, Donald Trump repeatedly told us that he loves the Chinese. He would say it all the time. I love China. I love the Chinese. But they got to play fair, right? That's what he would always say. But he would always say first that he loved China. And he loved the Chinese people. Great businessmen. He has a lot of dealings with the Chinese. All of this stuff, right? He would always talk about that. And then he would shift and say, but I'm going to nail him with all these tariffs. Or, you know, they got to play fair and no more... Uh, you know, currency manipulation, he would always follow it up with something. I never got the sense that he was going to nuke China. But to people who suffer from Trump derangement syndrome, this will, I say this all the time, and it, it goes for people who have, you know, quote, drunk the Kool-Aid pro-Trump. Not everybody, but there are there are certain people. They've adopted, you know, Trump as this avatar of all things that they want. And by the way, this was a similar dynamic that happened with Barack Obama. I would say probably to a larger degree, although the left would disagree with me on that. But as one who is not of the left and was watching the massive rallies of Obama, Obama, and like the the the, the plates with Obama's uh, portrait painted on them and uh, and the posters and stuff, there was like there was a huge cult of personality around Barack Obama. There's a little bit of that around Joe Biden. He's just not a. Uh, He's not a cult figure. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not. He's he's grandfatherly. And, you know, you don't you don't do that with your grandfather. You don't put grandpa's image on a plate, you know, with a little halo around it. You don't you don't, uh, you know, paint pictures of 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 grandpa on the horse, you know, leading the troops into battle. Or It just it just doesn't have the same kind of impact. You, you know, Joe Biden's the guy with the ice cream cones. And sniffing some hair, you know, like that's Joe Biden. Hard to build a cult of personality around him because you got to have kind of a personality to do it anyway. Um, so believing that China could lash out if it felt at risk from an unpredictable and vengeful American president, General Milley took action. So I talked about the first phone call. Here's the second one. He called after. Uh, the January 6th riot, and 
Uh, he was trying to address Chinese fears about the events. And he promised the Chinese that, quote, we are 100 percent steady. Everything's fine. But democracy can be sloppy sometimes. You would know about that, China. Am I right? Right? Yeah. Am I right? Okay. Lee remained rattled. The Chinese remained rattled. And Milley, who did not relay the conversation to Donald Trump, according to the book, understood why. The chairman, Milley, 62 at the time and chosen by Trump in 2018, believed that the president had suffered a mental decline after the election. A view that he communicated to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in a phone call on January 8th, the same day. So the same day he talked to Nancy Pelosi, he talked to the Chinese. And he agreed with her evaluation that Trump was unstable. So he thinks that Trump went nuts after the 2020 election results. Believing China could blash out, Milley took action the same day he called the admiral overseeing the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command, the military unit responsible for Asia and the Pacific region, and recommended postponing the military exercises and the admiral complied. Milley also summoned senior officers to review the procedures for launching nuclear weapons, saying the president alone could give the order. But crucially, he also had to be involved. Looking each in the eye, Milley asked the officers to affirm that they had understood. Do you get my meaning? Do you get my meaning? And what he considered this to be, it was an oath. The chairman knew that he was, quote, pulling a, Schle- a Schlesinger, Schlesinger, resorting to measures resembling the ones taken in August 1974 by James R. Schlesinger, the defense secretary at the time. Schlesinger told military officials to check with him and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs before carrying out any orders from President Nixon, who was facing impeachment at the time. The CIA director, Gina Haspel, uh, also told Milley reportedly, quote, we are on the way to a right-wing coup. The book's revelation quickly made Milley a target of GOP ire. So this was, you knew it was coming, the GOP pounce. Right, Republicans pounce. You got to have that aspect here. Republicans are pouncing. Pouncy, pouncy. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here. You can email me, Pete, at the Pete Callender Show, or you can also call 704-570-1110 or 1-800-WBT-1110. A uh, new book by Bob Woodward. And look, honestly, I when it comes to believing the stuff that's in a book by Bob Woodward, I I am cautious because of past things that have been in books that he has written before that turned out not to be entirely accurate. And so I take this. Now, I will say him working with Robert Costa might give some different level of credibility, but and that's not. Jim Acosta from CNN. So uh, I just, I point that out, but this seems to be these, uh, these conversations seem to be based off of transcripts of the phone calls. So that seems pretty solid. This book is called Peril. And of course, once these allegations uh, come to light against the Joint Chiefs, Chairman uh, Milley, uh, 
now all of a sudden you've got Republicans that are like, well, that doesn't sound right. And so, of course, now the story is about the Republican reaction, because, again, you got to remember journalisming. One of the primary rules, I think it's rule number two, um, is that when the scandal involves a Democrat, then the story is the Republican reaction to the scandal. When a scandal involves a Republican, the story is the scandal. So that's the difference. So in case you're trying to like figure out what gets coverage, how things get covered, how these decisions are made, journalisming rule number two, I believe it is rule number two, is that if you come across a scandal, like, you know, the guy who was in the uh, airport bathroom and tapped his foot, right? The scandal is the story. Republican scandal. Oh, my gosh, this Republican scandal. Talk about the scandal and the Republican involved in the Republican scandal. Right? That's the that's the rule. Now, if the if it was a Democrat toe tapping in the in the bathroom, uh, then it's all about what are Republicans saying about that scandal. And usually it comes with some sort of uh, a warning that's totally, you know, made in the vein of um, trying to do the Republicans a solid. You know, like here, got a media person. They're like, hey, uh, you might not want to overreach. They usually do something like that. They'll dress it up like, be careful not to overreach. Republicans better be careful that they don't overreach. They don't go too far in their criticism, in their pouncing and their seizing probably don't want to pounce and seize too much because people might not like that. Right. So that's the way that those are the rules. Scandals about a Republican. The story is the scandal scandal about a Democrat. The story is the Republican reaction. So uh, in that uh, spirit, here's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows. General Milley needs to answer questions immediately under oath about whether he subverted a sitting president of the United States and colluded with an adversary, not tomorrow, not eventually, Immediately, if it's true, firings and resignations should be just the start. I wonder where all of the uh, defenders of democracy and norms, all the norms protectors. Are you guys, you guys interested in this development or, or what? Is that no? Because it was against Trump. It's OK, then. Uh, let me go to Steve here. Hello, Steve. Welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Sure. Um, I'm just, I've got to say, how stupid are we, or do they think we are, to believe that a president could sit there and set off nuclear weapons against a major competitor, like the Chinese government, or the Chinese, and actually do that and get away with no safeguards, and China would have no safeguards, they would not see anything happening. And the United States would have no safeguards, and it would just be Trump in his little office with a with a suitcase <laughs> setting off nuclear weapons. I mean, how how can they possibly think that people be- believe this? I, apparently, they do. I suppose. So, what do you? So, what part of the uh, of this are you doubting? Are you doubting that this uh, that Millie actually made these calls? It's ridiculous. The whole thing is is made up, like the Russian scandal was made up. It's just nonsense. And when what, people what, say something, what it, is it, made up? Because, I, I need I need you to define what is made up because I, I'm, you're not being clear. I'm sorry. So like, and I'm not the, understanding the fact, the fact that Trump actually was poised to set off nuclear weapons. Gotcha. Against the Chinese. Gotcha. It's just absurd. It could never happen in a million years. 
there are too many safeguards built in, and it would never happen. Right, not to mention the fact that there was no indication that he was approaching that kind of a decision. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. That, that's the thing that is absent in all of this, and maybe it's in the book, and we just don't have a copy of it, so we don't know yet. But uh, th- there's nothing in any of the reporting that indicates that he had like, that he was on a path towards doing something like that. Right. Yeah. I, I, and why China? Why not Russia? Why not Iran? Right. Why not North Korea? Like, you know, why not California? I mean, there are all sorts of targets. Why? Why China? It's so it's crazy and absurd. it's just and people believe this stuff. It's it's frightening. Well, it's they, they frightening. well, you got. I mean, you got the chairman of the Joint Chiefs and the Speaker of the House both believing it. Yeah, well, they they don't believe it. They're just playing the game and, and going along to to really bury Trump, so he has no Trump, no chance of coming back into politics. And it's whatever they say. A certain percentage of the people are going to sit there and say, "See, well, Nancy Pelosi said that, so she must be not. She's not lying. You know, she's telling the truth. This, it's it's just." The height of stupidity and so, absurdity, that's but, all. So you understand, all right, so you're not disagreeing that this conversation occurred? Um, I, I, I think I am. I don't oh. think the conversation ever occurred. I think it's all made up it's like Disneyland. It's, it's, it's just poisoning the people for how bad it was and how lucky we are that he's no longer president and, and he was a loose cannon but in telling this story the way it's being told it then opens millie up to charges of treason i'm not sure i'm not sure that's the it thought this through if that was the plan now you may be right News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Got a, uh, an update here. This is actually from Josh Rogan. Uh, he of the movie Pineapple Express. No, I'm kidding. Uh, he's a Washington Post columnist, a CNN political analyst. And he says that he's, this is a statement from the spokesman from, or sorry, spokesperson for the Joint Chiefs, General Mark Milley. Uh, Colonel Dave Butler is the spokesperson. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs regularly communicates with chiefs of defense across the world, including with China and Russia. These conversations remain vital to improving mutual understanding of U.S. national security interests, reducing tensions, providing clarity, and avoiding unintended consequences or conflict. His calls with the Chinese and others in October and January We're in keeping with these duties and responsibilities, conveying reassurance in order to maintain strategic stability. Okay, so to Stephen's call a moment ago, uh, apparently the calls did occur. So Millie not denying them. All calls from the chairman to his counterparts, including those reported, are staffed, coordinated, and communicated with the Department of Defense and the interagency. I don't know why I'm reading it like this. I, I just It sounds like... I know it sounds like uh, like 1960s television military speak, right? That's what it. 
Also in keeping with his responsibilities as senior military advisor to the president and secretary of defense, General Milley frequently conducts meetings with uniformed leaders across the services to ensure all leaders are aware of current issues. The meeting regarding nuclear weapons protocols was to remind uninformed leaders, sorry, uniformed leaders in the Pentagon of the long established and robust procedures in light of media reporting on the subject. Just in case you were unclear as to whether or not we are being governed by the moonbat blue check marks on Twitter, there you go. General Milley continues to act and advise within his authority in the lawful tradition of civilian control of the military and his oath to the Constitution. The end. So not a denial. Not a denial. He's not saying he didn't say any of these things, which I guess is confirmation that the transcripts were, in fact, accurate and were provided to these authors. So there you go. The conversation did occur. Time to pounce, Republicans. Seize away. The book also provides new reporting on Joe Biden's 2020 campaign. Let me skip ahead here. Washington Post story. When uh, Jim Clyburn from South Carolina, the congressman uh, down there, he says, uh, yeah, when he offered his endorsement in February 2020, it came with conditions. One was that Biden would commit to naming a black woman to the Supreme Court if given the opportunity. During a debate two days later, Clyburn went backstage during a break to urge Biden to reveal his intentions for the Supreme Court that night. Biden issued the pledge in his final answer, and the congressman endorsed him the next day. That is some shady, racisty stuff, huh? Yeah, obvious Anti-Hispanic bigotry here. Obvious. Why? What do you mean? No, it's obvious. He didn't pick a Hispanic woman to be on the Supreme Court. I mean, I know there's already a Hispanic woman. But still, you could have another. I mean, it'd be the first time there would be two. Could you imagine? Just imagine. Okay. On Afghanistan, the book examines... How Biden's experience as vice president shaped his approach to the withdrawal. Convinced that President Barack Obama had been manipulated by his own commanders, Biden vowed privately in 2009, quote, the military doesn't F around with me. (laughs) This guy. Okay, popcorn. Uh, Just. Oh, sorry. Corn pop. Corn pop. Not popcorn. Corn pop. Right. Yeah. Corn pop slayer. All right. Simmer down. He's such, he's such a ridiculous figure. He really is. The president, not Corn Pop. I don't know who Corn Pop is. Um, but this idea that, that he saw how Obama got manipulated by his own military. So, by the way, is this proof that there is, in fact, a, quote, deep state? Wouldn't this kind of lend credibility to that argument that there is this that there are these, uh, you know, actors, bureaucrats, or military personnel that they're all operating inside the system and thwarting elected officials, in this case, the president. Which, by the way, this is actually an argument for limiting executive powers. Because if the president doesn't have so much to do all the time, he's going to guard the powers that he does have and the responsibilities that he does have. He's going to guard those a lot more fiercely because he's limited. 
When you give him all this other stuff to do, he gets distracted and, you know, he can let some other things slide or, or delegate it to other people. It's not that big of a deal. Millie's decision was triggered by several important events. There was a phone call, a photo op, and a refusal to rule out war with Iran. So the immediate motivation, according to the book, was January 6th when Pelosi called and demanded to know what precautions are available to prevent an unstable president from initiating military hostility. So this is all, this is, this is blue anon, blue anon. This is like QAnon, but for Democrats, Democrats have a whole bunch of crazy conspiracy insanity out there as well. The difference is it gets mainstreamed. The difference is hosts on MSNBC and CNN believe this stuff and, and mainstream it. And it gets into the drinking water here for like the, the, the mushy middle for, you know, the rest of society. When people in QAnon are like reading through the, you know, the, the classifieds and piecing together secret messages like uh, uh, what's his face? The gladiator guy in a beautiful mind like that's QAnon. And everybody's like, oh, man, those people are nuts. But Blue Anon? No, no, no. This has this gets an air of legitimacy. It's the biggest difference in the way conspiracies or uh, theories are treated in modern America. And by the way, you can trust me, I don't believe like any of them. <laughs> so <laughs> so I am per- like I am able to be persuaded, but you better come with persuasive evidence because I do my homework, I do my research and generally speaking, I am not going to suffer the conspiracy theories particularly when in well I will get into this in the next hour. It's an incredibly damaging thing, the way conspiracy theories corrupt our thinking. I'm going to get into that up next on News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. News is next.